Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is a, a treat because I'm, I'm actually interviewing who I consider to be one of the biggest catalysts for us being here on the platform of We're Listening, the podcast, and that's Christine Heath. And she is the co-founder and executive director of the Hawaii Counseling and Education Center. She's been there since 1985. That's nearly 30, 37 years experience as a marriage and family therapist. Uh, and you met Sia in 1981, and you've been basically sharing your understanding of the three principles since then. You've gone on to develop three principles based domestic violence, anger management, outpatient substance abuse, and adolescent anger management to include victim impact programs. They're certified substance abuse counselor and a AAMFT, provides training for graduate, postgraduate therapists, coaching, consultations, seminars, all based on three principles locally, internationally, um, to professionals and lay people alike. You've also served on the board of directors for the 3PGC since its exception, and you basically have dedicated your life to this work. Ladies and gentlemen, Christine Heath, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is our inaugural, this is our first episode, and uh, it's a privilege, and, and I think a large portion of that is you. But before we get into that, Hawaii. Like, let's just start with you chose Hawaii to do your work. I would think everything's perfect in Hawaii, at least the weather, you know. What was it like starting there and, and, and doing your practice there? Well, it was really funny because um, I first came to Hawaii for a Three Principles Sid Banks seminar. Okay. Uh, we had a retreat back in the day when there was maybe 20 of us around the world. And... Uh, I had been to Hawaii once and with my girlfriend and all I could see was love, 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 kiss, 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 hug. It was all about honeymoons. And I was like, man, I'm never going back there. It was uh, so commercial. And so we had this thing and, and my, my teacher who was Enrique Suarez had come back from Hawaii and was playing Hawaiian music. And I thought, Oh, now, you know, at the time I was kind of into disco and it, <laughs> got to remember that was the time right and I thought oh god save me if I ever start liking Hawaiian music and uh, as it turned out I, I came to Hawaii and I realized as I was looking around I, th I saw that the culture here was really embracing what we would call mental well-being that mm -hmm. the idea of living in aloha is living in a state of being when you are loving kind helpful 
um, uh, taking responsibility for things. It's kind of like the ways, the words that describe living in aloha would describe living in a state of mental well-being. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this would be a much better place to go than like <laughs> New York City. You know, I thought these people actually know something. I was so excited about it, but I lived in Minnesota and people in Minnesota by and large stay in Minnesota. I mean, sometimes yeah, yeah. vacation is going to Northern Minnesota, but it's, uh, it's people pretty much stay there. I, um, I, I had, was having a really bad day one day. I, I was the director of the, uh, one of the first clinics for the three principals in Minnesota. And um, one of uh, my people thought I was too hard on them and too harsh. And Joe Bailey was telling me I was too, I needed to change. And I cried for three days. I mean, just like, oh, I'm such a bad person. I'm so <laughs> negative. Oh, wow. I know. And, and so finally on Sunday, I called up Sid Banks and I said, Sid, I uh, shouldn't be the director of this clinic. There's been a mistake. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm too negative. I'm too insecure. And he said, now, dearie, if there's something about you that you want to change, that's okay. Just change it and then forget it. He said, I think maybe you're bored. You should move to Hawaii and start a clinic. And it was just like that. It was like, whoa, what a good <laughs> idea that is, right? Wow. So I, I talked to three of my friends that were um, all involved in, in this work down in Florida, uh, one in Minnesota and two from Florida. Two of the nurses came with me, and we moved out to uh, Hawaii without knowing anybody, without knowing a soul or even how things worked out here. I was pretty much full of myself, but I thought I can, I did this clinic in Minnesota. It's easy. I understand how this worked, blah, blah, blah. Well, this was a different country. It was a totally different experience. And mm. this little white girl from um, Minnesota had lots of thinking that I didn't even know I had. I had lots of really privileged thinking, uh, not only white privileged thinking, but mainland privileged thinking, you know, yeah. that somehow we knew more than the people in Hawaii about how to do things in Hawaii. So I had a quick course in humility and listening. What I, what I realized then was that somehow we had to uh, do things differently here. As it happened, we set up this little clinic and we put out brochures and talked about our philosophy. And one of the people from the local mental health center called me up and said, I love this philosophy. Would you like to apply for a prevention grant? So that was our first grant that we got was uh, a grant. And somebody and found you for that one. Somebody called me and said, we'd really love to see you do this. And at the time, nobody that had a master's degree did any kind of counseling in Hawaii. You had to have a PhD and that was it. And when we first got here, it was interesting because we first got here and uh, people used to uh, call us the sunshine girls <laughs> because we were so happy. And most people in, in the mental health field were not very happy. They were pretty serious and pretty, you know, this is in, you know, in the eighties is when we actually moved here. The whole field of psychology has transformed since then. I'd like to think we had something to do with that, but um, it, it was very serious and um, very intellectual. So what happened is that we set this clinic up, we got the contract, and then from then, it was like the word just went out because what we were doing really meshed with the culture. What we were doing really connected. And at one time, I had like a big contract with the state to provide mental health services to kids in schools. So we had day treatment programs, we had treatment, family treatment, intensive outpatient, all kinds of programs. But then as time went on, they wanted to tell me what kind of therapy we could do. So they said, you know, you have to uh, evidence-based. Got it. 
I said, no, not doing that. So we backed out of that. Now we have clinics, um, we have offices, except for during the pandemic, because we're all working <laughs> online. Yeah, we everybody's online space. now, yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have office space in uh, two places on Oahu and also two places on the Big Island here in Hawaii. Okay. And so we've gotten, we've had all kinds of programs. It's interesting because we had this domestic violence program working with men that would get, you know, physical and, and have a lot of issues with their, their families. Uh, the person who was the head of this project for the state didn't like that we weren't part of the traditional way of doing things, even though we presented a, at a national conference of the results that we got, and it was really very well received, and we had really good results, but they just didn't like how we did things. So yeah. she, as long as she was in her job, we couldn't do that. And then the guy that was doing it moved to Mexico and Anyway, long story short, um, she just uh, retired. And so one of the probation officers just called us and said, would you do this program? Because the other programs that, that they're doing, quite frankly, don't help anybody. So I called the guy from uh, Mexico to see if he's gonna do some videos for us so that we can kind of come up with a new program uh, for, for people that get in trouble with their loved ones and hurt them. Now that's that's pretty interesting because she kind of shaped this for me. I, I know here Hawaii is a state, so it's not like you went to a foreign land, so to speak, but it is significantly different than being in a state where traditionally the work may be in an inner city area. It, like what was the problems in Hawaii or what were what were they facing that this work seemed to, to just mesh well with? Well, the Hawaiians are colonized people. They had a government here, and three of our businessmen enlisted the United States Marines and took over the government, put the queen in the, in the castle and uh, took over the government. And ever since that time, the Hawaiians have been uh, totally um, without a good education, without good health care. Got it. Okay. They also don't, like, like the Native um, Americans have treaties and have governments and they don't have that they're still just colonized people so it's a, something that has uh, caused great problems in terms of health care stress drug mm -hmm. use all of that and then you have white people like me moving here from the mainland that are very wealthy and so the cost of living the cost of housing is very high and the salaries for most people regular people are very low so there's a a, a big um a problem in terms of um equity in in the way that people are being i do remember that i remember they have this thing called a cost of living allowance in the military cola mm -hmm. and when people pick bases they look at well who's paying more hawaii was always one of if not the top one of the top three bases where they give you an additional fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars a month in your salary just to make it. Like right. it's the adjustment. And right. I always thought that was odd. Now I've been to Wyo a couple of times, several you know, on working and things, but I always thought like, what, you need an additional fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars? Like it was yeah, yeah, it was weird. 
you know, we, we have limited space too, right? Yes, and, yes. So, um, and limited usable space. Like we have a volcano on my island, so there's like a part of the island nobody can live on. And, and so it's, um, there, there are all those challenges, but also everything is shipped in. So the cost of milk is like $6 a, a gallon and uh, it, yeah. it's things that you need for daily life. So people, most people have to work two jobs to make ends meet. And you have lots of multi-generational living situations because of the cost of housing. So those are all things that, you know, people get stressed about. Wow. And that's a different light because all that's ever shown is the beach. And so doing that work there and seeing, seeing that change in the communities, for you, you were starting your own clinic, but now you're also, you're also a part of in starting the 3PGC. Yeah. Well, when Sid passed away, okay. he, and he was a teacher of mine, he was a, one of my, um, uh, he was my consultant, really, to my agency for my whole life. Okay. And when he passed away, one of the things that he said was that this would get lost after he passed away and that we needed to do whatever we could to maintain the purity of his message. 3PGC came out of his request to do that. So initially, okay. it was people that had really just been his um, students that kind of came together and then kind of slowly we figured out how to organize this and provide a service to the world really our we're all volunteers doing this and it's our purpose is to keep Sid's message as pure as possible and to promote Sid's message to the world so we work on things like getting um, new Sid videos out I work with um, Lone Pine Press to make sure that we've gotten all of his uh, books and tapes available to people. Got In fact, it. We just found out that they're reprinting all of them now and they're going to be available for people very shortly. So um, that's kind of one thing. And then um, we started to focus on getting practitioners that were grounded because one of the things we saw that happen was that as the principles were being shared, uh, frequently people would like not share SIDS work. We could see that the depth of the understanding could get really intellectual and so really wanted to be able to make sure that practitioners had availability to SIDS work and and could see the importance so we developed this practitioner training program or practitioner program it's not even a training program yet and so people who we, we made it very simple to be a practitioner you had to teach the principles full-time as your job for two years and um, you had to use um, SID as a source material. So you would direct your clients and people to SID's materials. Okay. And okay. that you weren't mixing it with anything else. So that your grounding was deep enough to see that this was something that, that's deeper than anything else. And you, so you wouldn't like do the three principles coming from that perspective in your work and then also do... Um, neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah, NLP or... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, or cognitive behavioral or whatever. Whichever one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we kept it inside out versus outside in. 
Like we don't want to be policing people and telling them, you know, how to act or what to do or how much money to charge or whether to provide it free or any of those kinds of things. That's not our business. Our business is just to say these people we feel meet the minimum requirements to be a three principles person. And then we wanted to have that out into the world so that people would be able to find people to help them should they hear about this, should they be point of finding help. Okay. Yeah. So then we thought, wow, we could help people that were in that two year period to become a practitioner. And that what we would then start was the apprentice program, which you're a part of. Mm -hmm. In doing that, we have people that are practitioners providing videos, doing um, training, doing times where people can get together and ask questions and just mm -hmm. kind of the process of going deeper. $100 for the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, $100 for the year mm -hmm. to be an apprentice. And that afforded me the opportunity to multiple videos from CA, readings, evidence mm -hmm. of impact, um, the articles, access to videos you yourself has done, all the practitioners uh, from mm -hmm. the board. Mm -hmm. So it's a very inexpensive way mm -hmm. to, to learn and deepen your understanding by just being an apprentice. Mm -hmm. If you are a practitioner, what's the benefit of it? Well, you get to say that you're a practitioner, you're, mm -hmm. um, your ability to uh, promote yourself. So we have, like, if you have a podcast, you can put that on there. If you've written a book, you can put that on there. Um, you, what any, like, programs that you're offering, as long as everybody in the program is a practitioner, you can advertise that on there. But I think kind of the, biggest thing is that you get to be a part of sharing this understanding Absolutely. in the world that, that as we come together all of us from that understanding we're more powerful than any one of us by ourselves I and like that. so to me that's the whole really the purpose of this is to get the principles out in the world and to lift the level of consciousness of the world and so everything we do is designed to do that. Um, you also can make your own videos and do some of the training with the practitioner, with the apprentices. And mm -hmm. um, we have different people that will do webinars and things that we provide, it, we offer through 3PGC. So there's a way to also let people know that you're out there and what you're doing. And yeah, you're the community great. center. Basically, you're yeah, the community yeah. center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, right. it's really a service organization. It's not like we're, it, it's, as people get the idea that somehow we're trying to either tell people what to do or that there's some benefit to us that somehow, I mean, yeah. that's kind of interesting because everybody's a volunteer, right? We put hours into this because it's our life work. Like yeah. for me, my, my, my work is a calling. It's like when I woke up to the principles, I, I remember that day I, I thought to myself, wow, I'm going to be teaching this for the rest of my life. This will be my life's work. And it still is my life's work. And, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm so thrilled to do it and, and, and grateful. But there's nothing sinister about it. Now, part of what we did that kind of brought about this podcast really was we could see that there was some negativity coming as a result of what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And so we started, we, we started last year in March, we had a retreat and we kind of looked at like, what can we do? What are we doing to get in the way of this? And we really kind of stepped back and, and said, you know, we have to change our level of consciousness. We have to go deeper. If we go deeper, then 
it'll affect everybody else. Absolutely. When we did that, one of the first things that came to my mind was we are not meeting, a, reaching a very diverse audience. How did this happen that everything that we're doing is filled with a lot of white people and a lot of people that are pretty homogeneous in, in a lot of ways? And, and so I, I realized for myself, like this is just my own insight that came from this, is that I'd brought this up before, but I would like give up and give in because we had kind of a thought about the principles aren't about what we are. It's about that spirit that creates each one of us. And at that place, we're all the same. But to me, it was like seeing the living of the principles in the world versus just talking about them and pointing people towards awakening to something deeper meant that we had to really look at what our own blind spots were. So I just said one day, that's it. As you know, I was at home watching all the Black Lives Matter movement and thinking to myself, like, why aren't I doing anything about this? Like, I, I mean, this has been, it wasn't new. Black Lives Matter wasn't new, but there was a way that it hit me that I had to do something about it, that it was on me to do something. I just announced one day that I was going to start doing these listening workshops and talk to people that were um, disenfranchised from the three principles community or that weren't included or weren't involved. And I was talking with Aaron Turner, who's our president. And he said, Oh, you know, Leela, his wife is really interested. You guys want to get together. And so the two of us little white girls got together and said, okay, we're going to start working on changing what we need to change, not only within the organization, but within our community. And so we started the listening groups and, you know, I talked to Michael Neal and I said, Michael, you got anybody that we should contact? And he suggested you. And I'm so thrilled that he did because what a, what a beautiful, beautiful feeling and person you are that you you. came forward with this. Yeah. Yeah. So from that point on, we've been growing. And I think what, happened is we had the practitioner event, right? Where we did this Mm -hmm. and and we did it totally different and we had no clue what we were doing and we had no clue how, what it was going to look like. So we were all blown away really by how well it went and by what a great experience it was for people. And it's just kind of an example of, you know, you kind of go with the seat of your pants with this understanding. And, and when you're coming from a good feeling, you're coming from a place of wanting to connect to people voila, it happens. Mm -hmm. And so from that, you particularly came forth and said, hey, I can see how we can keep doing this. And so here we are today with this great podcast. (laughs) I tell you, I just love listening to you. I love your voice. I love your feeling. I love your sense of humor. It's really terrific. Thank you. I, um, I remember being on those those listening calls and on that practitioner conference and not wanting that feeling to end. It, it, it literally was like when, the, when everybody just said, bye everybody, time to go. You hit the red button and you just sit there though for a little bit longer, just like that was beautiful. What I embody from Sid is now, the present. Let's start talking. Cause I know that can be another project soon that's going and, or, and there are amazing projects from the few podcasts and interactions I've done, there are people doing some amazing work in places that's just, we don't know about. The beyond recovery story is like jaw dropping. 
And it was just getting more people to hear it. But I, I can tell you, the conference, the practitioner conference, and those calls, I just didn't want that feeling to go away. I, I just didn't want that feeling to go away. So the opportunity to do it was amazing. Uh, the opportunity to get to know the board was amazing um, because I had only heard the principles from Michael Neal. It's amazing, really, how much better Sid gets the quieter you, you get. <laughs> True statement. Because right, the first time I read the book, I was like, what is he talking about? And then now I'm like, oh, my God, he was so profound. Yeah. And the only, obviously the only difference is the, the drummer set I got going on in my head was quiet enough for me to finally hear his word. So I, I absolutely love that. I, I love that. I tell people that, you know, like clients, they'll uh, go, I want you to listen to this guy. You might not like him, but tough. Just listen because you're not <laughs> to his words. You're just listening for this feeling and yeah. kind of connect with that. Your mind will kind of quiet down. So just listen to it. And, and they're like, I don't like him. And then they're like different, you know, like their week went better. And, and, I, and so as they then like are able to listen, they don't resist it as much. It's kind of a resistance that we get by hanging on to our own thinking. That's kind of the, the beautiful thing about the 3PGC is that that's our, that's our work is to get that out in the world in as easy a way as possible and as clean a way as possible. Once I start talking about it, now it's down, down a few levels, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's an echo. Then they, they go down. But when we wake up ourselves, that's where we connect with that. And that feeling that comes from there, there's nothing better than that. I agree. That's exactly like what happened with you is exactly what we hope happens with with more people, and that we can bring this out in the community. And so we're we're actually having our board meeting uh, retreat um, next week, where we're kind of going to look at revamping three PGC and how we do things and how we get people to be involved in it. And we're continuing. So you know, like one of the things I remember talking to. In one of the listening groups, they're going like, yeah, 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 we're, you're all hyped up now because of this short <laughs> thing, but you know, like, you'll forget about it and go back yeah. to the star. And I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to make a commitment to, to, keep, to keep rolling on this and keep changing. Because personally, for me, it is interesting because, I mean, I've kind of, you know, I've had insights over the years. I, I continue to have insights. But it didn't have a really big shift like that for a while. And when I saw that I had all of this thinking and didn't know it, I was a mortified. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like the fact that I can have that kind of an insight after 40 years of talking about this and you know, it's like training, teaching, mm -hmm. but to wake up to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's really kind of that feeling comes in where you wake up and you see how your thoughts have tricked you and you didn't know it. And that happened to me. Like, it was like, I started all over again. Yeah. And I, it was like, I was awake again. I was, and you know, at my age, that's a really great thing to have happen. <laughs> it was that waking up that I didn't have to grab the anger and make it the driving force. And then it went to, okay, when I see the anger go, love is also the option up there. Oh wait, love is, always an option no matter how critical how love is always the op uh, an option and more times than not if i'm in conflict it's because i didn't choose that one that that would have been easy like yeah. but no but but choosing the love and then seeing it and trusting it and and then this evolving or meeting people 
and the change actually happening. That's all you can ask for. That's right. And, and, you know, like part of what we got lost in, I think, was trying to teach people, right? Instead of having it come alive by, by the doing, the living of it. And that, that was like, whoa, I've, I forgot about this. So that's like, like, for me, I'm really excited about what this year is going to bring. Because, you know, Bonnie wrote that, uh, she wrote a little letter at the end of the season of all the things we did last year, which really was a result of our own taking ourselves to task and saying, we have to change our level of understanding here. And, and we're still in the, in the thralls of that. It's like, it's, it's kind of like an unfolding, right? It just mm -hmm. keeps, keeps happening. And um, that's kind of where I'm at. So this whole thing with developing communities and, and bringing the, this work out into the world in, in various places is kind of what I'm really excited to see happen. Absolutely. And I, I remember when I got my insight, this became the way of life. It was nothing about coaching anybody. Coaching wasn't even in my mindset. Like it was like, no, this is how I live my life. And so I was so-called practicing the principles by showing up at the grocery store and just talking to the cashier. And, and people were picking up on that and they started asking questions. And then I started, and next thing you know, it, it evolved into a coaching practice, but it was my way of life. It was what was, what was making me want to play the game, period. Like, I know it's a game, but the three principles is why I wanted to play. If I didn't have those, I was ready not to play. That was what my life looked like. It was dark enough that I wasn't ready to play, and I was okay not playing. Man, you flip this light on? Shit me. <laughs> Shit me. I'm ready. Like, let's go. You know, so that was, that was like you. I, that's my piece into this. I'm excited about where it goes. And that's, that's what's really really spectacular about you because that insight that you had you know that's that's what it's about it's not about how you teach the principles right it's about that awakeness that happens in people and when that happens then you see it but you can't do it the other way you know you can't, you can't like try to figure out how to be in a high level of consciousness Really, that awakeness, like that's what you're talking about. It's like you woke up, and when you when you said that, what the picture that came in my mind was, you know, when you have a surprise birthday party and you walk in the room and it's all dark, and then somebody throws on the light, and it's like yeah. surprise. I'm so thankful for it. I I love it so much because I'm just so so grateful, so thankful for it. And again, like you said, the quieter I get, the more freedom I get in it. You know, the same thing with myself. Uh, as you said, you had to do more. Like I, I mentioned on Michael podcast one, I was like, Michael, I've been beating on this door and I was using it as a metaphor for race relations. But I said, imagine me knocking on your door and watching you and Nina inside just sit at the dinner table, even though I'm beating. And now I'm beating and my hands are bleeding and I'm angry now because you know I'm supposed to be at the table too, but you're not looking for me. So I feel abandoned by you. When you open this door, I'm going to be angry. I'm telling you, I'm going to be angry. So if I could get this anger under control, I get an opportunity to walk in now and have an experience that I haven't had before. That's possible. And my piece is to learn how to listen, i.e. we're listening. Don't, don't you think the other piece to that is too, it's like 
when you start to see how people get tricked by their own thinking, if they have that kind of thinking, you don't have to be affected by it, right? You can stay in a good place, understanding that if they were awake, they wouldn't think like that. They wouldn't think like that at all. Makes perfect sense now. When, when people scream, I just told my daughter this early this morning. I said, the last time you, you called and you were upset, I said, you remember what I said? And she was like, nothing. I was like, yeah. <laughs> because I realized you were upset. It was absolutely nothing I could say because I know what being upset means. I said, once you kind of calm down, and I saw after we had been on the phone a little break where I thought a little of that tension had released, I then said something. That's all. You know, that's a really good story because that's the power of listening with nothing on your mind. Listening from that feeling, listening from a deeper state of consciousness. That's all things that are basically, you're just sitting in you. And then you draw that out of the person, right? Like it's amazing how powerful that is to just know that you don't have to get caught up in what other people are thinking or doing and the power that that really has to change the world. Yeah. I have a client, watch his girlfriend end up having to move out of state and sleep on somebody's couch. That was our first two weeks of coaching together. Wow. Oh my God. Chris trust. I was in, Oh, I didn't mess this guy's life up. Oh, well, what have I done? I had to listen and it was super hard because, I wanted to tell him what I thought would have been the right answer. I, I, it was so hard not to want to do that, but I remember that is not what I'm doing. I would almost guarantee his crash and burn by just telling him more of my thinking. And, and that's what he loved most is that I always kept reminding him of himself. And that's what I, I, I love the most about the work. I'm just the mirror. You're the beauty. You're actually the cool. You're just projecting. You're just, you're just putting it on me. Like, thank you, but it's you actually. And you're just putting it on me. I, I'm blessed for it. I receive it, I thank you, but it's actually you that's doing it. Yeah, that's a, it's a relief for both people actually. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like people will ask what to do and you don't know. <laughs> before I learned this, I'd make up stuff thinking, I don't know what to do, I'll try this, you know? You know, knowing that everybody knows. Yes beautiful gift because you just have to direct them to that and whatever it is they'll see what to do that's mm-hmm. a powerful thing isn't it that the power of listening and knowing that everybody has that what they need inside of them yeah i love that just for play six months from now what do we look like I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's the deal is like six months from now, what I'm hoping that we'll do is have more communities starting around the world. Okay. Communities in different languages, communities in, you know, cause you know, we have English privilege too. You know, it's like, that's a whole other privilege. I'm, I like, like everything's in English. Like, can't you guys learn English so you can learn this? <laughs> So I'm hoping more voices will come out of this work that you're doing. More people will come forward. More people will be inspired to do projects rather than thinking we should do them. 
right? You know, it's like there's a way that we have not empowered people to see that whatever we've done in our careers, anybody can do. We're not special. Yeah. We're just, you know, happen to be at the right place at the right time. And, you know, thank you that we were listening. But um, it, that's the thing is that I want, that's what I want is this work to go out into every community where everybody's heard and everybody's voice is acknowledged and people feel like they've, people really see what they have to offer. Yeah. The more we include, the farther I reach. I love it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner, or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve.